Lady Blackbird, is on the run from an arranged marriage to Count Carlo. She hired a smuggler skyship, the Owl, to take her from her palace on the imperial world of Elysium to the far reaches of the remnants, so she could be with her once secret lover, the Pirate King, Uriah Flint. However, just before reaching the halfway point of Haven, the Owl was pursued and captured by the imperial cruiser, Hand of Sorrow, under charges of flying a false flag. Even now, Lady Blackbird, her bodyguard, and the crew of the Owl are detained in the brig, while the commander of the cruiser, Captain Hollis, runs the smuggler ship's registry over the wireless. It's only a matter of time before they discover the outstanding warrants and learn that the Owl is owned by none other than the infamous outcast, Cyrus Vance. How will Lady Blackbird and the others escape the Hand of Sorrow? What dangers lie in their path? Will they be able to find the secret lair of the Pirate King? If they do, will Uriah Flint accept Lady Blackbird as his bride? By the time they get there, will she want him to? Let's find out together on Bonus Experience Presents. Let's have a little. Yeah. Oh, well, ASMR <laughs> for the fan. Yeah. <laughs> a little blackberry boobly. Mine is already open. Oh. Mine is alcoholic. I should have. Oh. I should have got my sparkling water. We're trying Waterloo. Oh, they're good. Waterloo. Yeah, I like them a lot. Is that the Dragon Whisper flavor that you said? No, that's that's the Polar Dragon Ice stuff. Whisper? They Dragon made, Whisper. They made Junior Seltzers, which are smaller bottles so i like them but yeah they're literally called unicorn kisses and dragon whispers i'm like but what is it and it's the answer is vaguely enough fruit flavored that my roommate who's allergic to strawberries can't have any yeah (laughs) just mysterious enough yeah just mysterious enough there's apparently a flavor that is (laughs) reported to taste like bath and body works cucumber melon foaming soap (laughs) i don't know that i want to drink something that tastes like soap yeah, I'm like mm-hmm. kind of curious. But they called that. it, you know, mermaid kisses or something like that. So okay. the kids, the kids these days will drink the sugar sodas. That's actually seltzer one. I'm doing that sugar thing where I sit in a chair wrong. Okay. <laughs> 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 Sitting in a chair wrong is gay culture. Accurate. <laughs> Ooh, bonus experience is filmed before a live studio audience, which in this case means that my dog may bark at any time. hey bonus babies is that what we're going with i like it okay (laughs) we're doing a podcast (laughs) we have to remember and get into podcast energy hey this is our our actual play this is our podcast energy i don't know what you're talking about Oh well, eventually we got to get around to like getting in character and rolling dice. Right, right, right. We're talking right, about okay. what we're playing. Right, right. Why don't you give us the introduction of what we're playing? Yeah, sure. So we are playing Lady Blackbird, um, which I am given to understand is actually a hack of a game called Shadow of Yesterday, um, which is not a game I've ever played. Um, but apparently, a lot of the um, mechanics for this adventure are from that game. Uh, which reading through this just makes me want to look up Shadow of Yesterday. Um, so, uh, Lady Blackbird is a self-contained short adventure, uh, where the players are directed to play five of these default player characters. Um, and the story is about them in particular. Uh, I don't see any reason why someone couldn't play a group of unique OCs and then have all these characters be, like, background characters or NPCs, but I feel like that would lose something. How do you feel about, uh, we the players, and we'll, we'll introduce ourselves in a second here. As we are playing today, keep in mind, thinking of like one, maybe two brief questions to ask you about the GMing at the end of it, like questions about why you made the choice you did, or was it hard to do this, or, you know, sort of open it like to a Q&A at the end. Yeah, you can do it. We can do it after show discussion. How do you, how do the other two players feel about that? That's acceptable. I'm good with it. I can come up with hard hitting questions. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
hard-hitting questions that's what we're all about here at bonus experience uh, look at your face you're just, like... you're just dying to put the screws to me <laughs> <laughs> are you now or have you ever right, been we, a member of the communist should... party <laughs> have you no decency um so let's go around and introduce ourselves i'm i'm monica uh it, this is going out to patrons only so you know who i am resident uh industry professional you know lawful butch lesbian power suit that sort of thing uh but i'm also running <laughs> um, but you're also what running this game Yes, you are the GM. I'm so pleased. Yeah, that I don't have to run a game for like the first time in you. Eight you months. got out of it. Yes, <laughs> I'm Ray. I'm the industry unprofessional. I'm the Hawaiian shirt Friday of the group. Uh, Relia, would you tell us about yourself? Absolutely. Please? Uh, you've unfortunately just told what there is to be told, which is I'm Relia. Oh. I am joining you not as an industry anything, but as an excited player who is happy to participate. I think excited players are the best kind of player. And the other one, who are you? You can just call me Jess. Um, okay. Hi, Jess. Hi. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jess. I, if, if Ray is the Hawaiian shirt casual, I'm like the co-op casual. Like I show up on my bike <laughs> in kale. Um, Birkenstocks and socks. Yeah. That... I just hang out on the internet and I'm just very excited to be here. <laughs> I'm just really excited to be here. Since we were playing Lady Blackbird, there are five choices of character and three player characters. And I figured there would be some overlap. Um, and there was. Uh, <laughs> so I think there's a lot of interesting possibilities with uh, the choices you guys made. We have the possibility for two of the things I see as pairings so far. Um, I know Ray said she was both interested in playing Vance, Lady Blackbird herself. Um, and you were like, ah, I'm the goblin too. I'll pick three. I'm, I, I'm a host. I can do that. I uh, love goblins. So, <laughs> uh, And I know Jess was also interested in playing Kale, the first mate. And like totally, definitely boyfriends. So there's a yes. thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> For sure. I figured... Um, I figured but, they but were. Whose boyfriends? The Captain Cyrus Vance and his first mate, Kale, yes. who have a bond oh. of That's definitely how I read oh, it. Oh, I saw the bond of brotherhood. Yeah. The captain very much appears to be a disaster bisexual, which I'm always Oh, yes. About. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Now I super want to play him, but only if there's a lady blackbird. Okay, well, anybody who you don't play will just be an NPC, and I will play them. Okay, um, if you if that's cool with everybody. Taking all of those I also really want to play the goblin. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> so I see two really interesting ways that this party can go. We have the captain whose ship is in danger, his boyfriend, and the <laughs> goblin. Or the I mean, I guess you could bodyguard, also, uh, Lady Blackbird, and Vance. Vance, yeah. And then Maybe. there's this nasty love triangle. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, guys, all five of them are there regardless. It's just right. two of them are played by Monica. Right, right. So I think it's up to you guys. It's not up to me. Um, which of the possible combinations of characters people were interested in playing that you find the most interesting? Because remember, um, you get to like you get to refresh your dice pool when you do a scene together. Cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you have specific incentive mechanically to play characters that you find interesting that you want to inhabit and that you want to play off of each other um it sounds like i'm going to be playing vance is that what you want to go with i think because so, either someone will be playing kale okay my my in my bond of brotherhood <laughs> or someone will be playing lady blackbird who is like activating my disaster bisexual powers <laughs> so i'm yeah i'm co i'm cozy with that i'll play the captain okay all right, so in preparation for this session and not knowing which character I will be playing, uh, for your benefit, because we have a video line, uh, I have added a beauty mark to myself. That way, if I was Lady Blackbird, I had a beauty mark. And if I was Snargle, <laughs> I still had a beauty mark. I felt like I was doing it. That's good. But for purposes of like, like more interesting story connections, I think it makes more sense if I go go with Lady Blackbird. I admit I read more okay. of the bodyguards. Then go okay. with that. I go with that. I did. Okay. You can't pick wrong. Okay. Yeah. There's no wrong answer. 
we have our party. We have Lady Blackbird herself. So cool. I was kind of hoping when a, a, a player would pick that. Um, we have <laughs> Vance uh, and we have uh, Naomi, the bodyguard. Uh, they are, there are no descriptions of these characters. Um, so while I'm going to go, I'm going to go over how the game is played, which like, I'm sure you read it, but for the benefit of our audience, I'm going to go over it again. Uh, and while I'm doing that, bear in mind, uh, like come up with what you think your characters look like. I've read through this. I've never played this before. We've all never played this before. So this is going to be a learning experience for all four of us. Uh, it looks like there's basically just task resolution. There's no discrete combat system. There's no discrete magic system. It's pretty much all narrative based. And that's pretty cool. That makes running this kind of game pretty easy. Um, the dice it refers to, I believe, are D6s based on the target number. Um, I think that's written for like the non-gaming types who think of dice as just D6s. Like they're the dice are what come in your Yahtzee game. Uh, <laughs> uh, so... This is a D6 dice pool game. Uh, you roll your pool, uh, which, as you can see on your character sheets, you have traits. So whenever a trait can apply, you can take an action related to it. So I, I pulled up Naomi Bishop's character sheet because uh, it was the next one when I scrolled down. Um, and let's say <laughs> she's trying to search for threats to keep Lady Blackbird safe. So she has the trait Keen, um, which gives her the... like. The keywords underneath it, insightful, aware, coiled, liars, traps. Oh, if the trait has any tags that apply, you add a one die to your pool. So looking around to like keep Lady Blackbird safe is probably insightful, aware, uh, and traps. So that's three things that, that apply. Not, not sure if coiled or liars apply. So you're going to roll 3d6. Um, the target number is always four on the die. <clears throat> and if I say... It's pretty easy. You're looking for two successes, so that's any number four or higher on your three dice. The, oh, and you also have a personal pool of dice. So, like, you, you get a number of dice automatically equal to tags that apply under your traits. So then you have a personal pool of seven dice. You can spend them one for one out of this pool, but once you spend them, they're gone. Uh, you get them back by either hitting one of your keys uh, or by doing a refresh scene, which is what I was talking about earlier, where um, player characters... Uh, interact with each other um you can also use a refresh scene to remove a condition so like if you get hurt or whatever you gain a condition things like injured dead tired lost hunted trapped um i suppose it could also be things like drunk or confused or whatever it doesn't necessarily have to be the ones that are on the sheet uh you can get rid of those by taking a refresh scene um or you can and you can also regain uh the use of a secret by uh, doing a refresh scene. Um, so your secrets are your weird special abilities. Uh, the bodyguard has the ability to uh, break things with her bare hands as if she was swinging a, a sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and once per session, she can reroll a failure when protecting someone. So that's cool. So the the world of Lady Blackbird is clearly this sort of like pulpy, aeronautic, but also spacey airship empire, right? Mm -hmm. Um, there are these floating worlds that are in like this ethereal airspace zone. Uh, what kind of things do people think exist in this world? Clearly a goblin and clearly goblin. magic. Magic. Right. Sky squid. Yeah. I read in the, in the PDF yes. that there yes. are sky squids and they are big are and worrisome. They are <laughs> there. Which means there are sky sperm whales. Okay. Obviously. Right. Sure. Oh. Right. Yeah, because yeah. they got yeah they yeah. got to eat them yeah. Um, so I guess I'm gonna put forward anything uh, anything people that's off limits for people. What's a what is what are lines for folks? Um, just for my own sensibilities as a GM, um, there will not be any sexual assault. Not that I think that that's gonna come up in a pulpy game like this, but that's just the thing that's not gonna happen. Um, and there won't be any harm to children. That's just a thing that's not gonna happen. Uh, is there any like anybody like have a crippling fear of spiders or you hit the two big ones like for that. me? <laughs> I, yeah, I sorry, I have a quick third one to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no harm to cats. Oh yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> this go weird thing of... to no harm to animals. No harm to animals. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sort um, of like except the for like space, space squids, squids are probably gonna... okay because they don't. They're not real. I, I, I'm okay with okay. harm to the space squid. <laughs> I, I'm. I let's say 
when I say no harm to animals, I don't mean monsters. Yes. Like, space squids are pretty clearly a monster. It's a threat to overcome. Like, it's going to crush your ship and eat you. It's not cuddly or nice. You know, Uh, that is so different than, like, I will not have anybody harm a dog. Right. I think intuitively, you know, we can understand the distinction. So I think we're good. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank Um, you. Yeah, you're welcome. Let's talk about the Imperium for a second, since that is a place Lady Blackbird is from. presumably a place you live um there's clearly some sort of ruling class they're inherently magical um are they bad i mean like from a from a real world perspective probably Uh, yes (laughs) this is a pulpy game so let's talk about it i mean i think when you're talking about uh we've established that there's a society they are ruling class they're wealthy they have the notion of a noble lineage because she's lady blackbird right and her first and last name are certainly not blackbird um and she's fleeing an arranged marriage so i think there is the notion of joining of noble houses uh perhaps the implication that um nobility is connected to use of magic whether in terms of natural ability for magic or whether that's magic is only taught to people in noble houses there seems to be some sense of there are definitely haves and have nots. And whenever you have a noble class controlling everybody else, especially through magical means, I think you've got the heavy implication that that's bad. Okay. Yeah. I I also noticed on the map that there is the Imperial expansion. Mm -hmm. And I firstly read that as like expanding, like colonialization. And I'm like, yeah, this is probably not. It it is an empire. Oh yeah, they have yes. slavery too. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, Naomi's an ex-slave. Naomi is an ex-slave. Yes. Right. So that I want to put out there as a thing that we maybe should talk about touching on. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about like? Is that something that should be veiled? We went we went over lines, things that absolutely will not be in this game. So there's veils, which are things where we're like, we're going to acknowledge that this is a setting where slavery exists, right? Mm-hmm. But we are not going to see people enslaved. Is that, um, do you want yeah, it veiled I mean, or do you want it cut, cut out? Generally, that's, I think, a good veil. I think, you know, since it is literally part and parcel to a character's backstory, um, perhaps mm-hmm. having the veil cover that to such an extent that she wouldn't be able to engage with that uh, would be very right. limiting. But um, as far as not, you know, on screening anything, you know, specific about characters that are enslaved, other than perhaps you see a galley love, you know, people being led away in chains. You know, I, I feel like that's comfortable territory, but um, okay. I agree with the veil. Okay. I agree. I concur. Cool. Cool. Um, all right. So we, we definitely are thinking of this Imperial society as oppressive. Um, they're pretty clearly kind of bad people. Um, what do you guys think that like the current political atmosphere is, is this an empire in its heading towards its decline uh is this an empire in the height of its power um is this the empire at the beginning of its power given its pretty consistent corruption i'm gonna guess like that you guys have established plus information in the material um i'm gonna guess that it's probably not at the beginning Mm -hmm. is is there civil unrest is there a, a potential civil war fomenting well um cyrus is a former soldier there must have been a war Right. Well, sure. You're. A, it's an expansionist empire. There's lots of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, the way I read it was um, kind of the height of the British Empire. You know, expanding out into kind of the steampunk era where you're getting into invading everywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel lightly. like they're they're kind of at the heart of the power, but that doesn't mean that they're exclusionary from. So they're people saying this isn't right, and we're not doing. We shouldn't be doing. They're this, just about know? at the point where the British Empire began to stretch itself too thin, like somewhere around there, like right before yeah, the fall. I well, I mean... So we're at, we're at key, right. the sun never sets in the British Empire point in time. Ah, uh, Britannia. Britannia. <laughs> <laughs> so a All thing right. I think that's interesting, if you look at the map that we're given, is you mm-hmm. get to see the Imperial worlds and then a line of Imperial expansion... Um, and across from that, you have Nightport, which is, of course, the like semi-goth world where the pirates can hang out because there's darkness, and Haven, <laughs> which is the free world. Then you have also on the map, like where it says the remnants 
um, which would indicate that they were once the remnants of something. So you have this implication that, you know, this may have been a world that didn't go so well in, you know, in fighting the empire. Uh, we don't we don't really know what the deal is with remnants. But I also think it's interesting. The map is described as shattered worlds circling a dimming star. And so, you know, you have the question of right now you see the imperial world sort of all on one side of the map and the free worlds on the other. Um, have they always been that way? How often are that way? Do these worlds circle the star at the same rate? Are they always apart from each other? Um, or are there times when they circle closer? Hmm. That's a really interesting question that I'm not sure we're going to have time to answer. But I like it. <laughs> Something yeah, I like, I like the idea of this world, these, these shadowed worlds. Like Maybe they were at one point like discrete planets and then something happened like a real fuck long time ago and now they all blew apart and so there's this empire that came up in the ruins of perhaps like how do you guys feel about ancient space tech because i fucking love it i I'm love it. it okay Pro. all right Pro. Pro. all right cool i uh, play destiny a lot so yeah bring on the space <laughs> magic. all right cool so so maybe our magic is more space magic i love space magic i i dig it i dig it i'm down I want to address something. Do it. Um, <laughs> Mr. Cyrus Vance, Captain, Big Captain Cyrus, Big Cap, one of his secrets mm -hmm. is Secret of Warp Blood. And I know there are a couple okay. other tags that, that are like noun blood. And I find that really interesting. It doesn't ever expound on it anywhere else in this <laughs> supplement. But apparently oh. my good captain has warp blood and he can teleport people occasionally. And I oh. don't know what this means for, because I don't think our other PCs have have a blood. Uh, oh, Lady Blackbird has, Black storm, has blood. storm blood. So I'm not oh, sure what like what that means. If we wanted to touch on that, or if we want to just let it kind of be mysterious, because I'm cool with that too. But there's other tags um, that I could that... potentially like. There's ghost blood and void blood and blood so hunter. That sounds like something that maybe we should figure out what it means in play. I, I'm I'm going off the idea that that's why our big reason of why Cyrus has been exiled, because it okay. looks like blood is something that is hunted for, and blood tends to be secrets. It looks like, or it could be bred for, considering she's a storm blood and she's also a noble. I mean, it could be a little of column A and a little of column B. So with these really interesting things that we've sort of put in the back of our minds and these setting details that we've set out and our safety rules that we've established, I think we're in a good place to begin. You were traveling along on the Owl. Lady Blackbird herself has hired the infamous outcast Cyrus Vance and his mm, kind of sketchy airship, the Owl. <laughs> you know, it's his piece of trash, but it's going to make it from point A to point B, maybe. You found him on a CD dock in Elysium. Elysium's a pretty nice place. CD dock is sort of like mid-range everywhere else, but hey, you still found him there. Got aboard the Owl, paid him an exorbitant amount of money for this passage. He promised you safety. And so you've been making this trip, flying under the radar. You know, I'm sure, Vance, you assured her that it was absolutely safe. You've got this false flag that says, you know, you're in a safe Imperial ship. No one's going to bother you. The problem is, this time that was actually a lie. God damn it if an Imperial ship didn't take a slightly different route back to Elysium. You've taken this space equivalent of a back road hundreds of times, and you swear up and down that there are no cops here, except that you were wrong. And the one time you're like, it's 3 a.m. and I'm going to do 100 down this back road in the middle of nowhere. There's no cops. All there are are cornfields, except a cop pulls out of nowhere. It's uh, like that, except yeah. it's a spaceship. Then the hand of sorrow is fucking enormous. The massive ship casts a shadow over all of you. It's so big it takes up your entire line of sight. And before you know it, your ship is crawling with Imperial guards. Straight up Imperial military. What do you guys think these guys look like? Like, what does their uniform look like? What colors do they wear? Uh, and what authoritarian regime would you have it be inspired by? I'm, I'm, I'm fully <laughs> bought into this height of the British Empire look. British Empire? Yeah, I like okay. it. Oh, yes. So, like, 
so gold buttons and frocks and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like that, uh, like clean lines and the epaulets and red. Except it's space, so it's a little more skin tight and maybe kind of shiny. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, oh, what am I thinking of? I'll know a zero. Then your ship is crawling with imperial dogs in their crisp red space British Empire uniforms and sooner rather than later the five members of the crew are restrained and escorted to the brig where they are locked up as the presiding commanding officer of the Hand of Sorrow, Captain Hollis, a tall, severe woman with very short hair slicked back graying at the temples runs your credentials to certainly prove that you are not who you say you are. (laughs) So, here you are in the brig of your ship. Captain Vance, what does the brig of your own ship look like? The brig of my own ship? Uh, The first thing that jumps to mind is a little poorly lit, probably kind of oily in places where it shouldn't be. I'm going to also go with the idea that there's bits and pieces and modifications that definitely don't fit with the overall theme of the ship because Snargle has been making their adjustments in all the weirdest places. So it might look like like some straight up industrial punk basement, but then also there's like this chair stolen from an Apple store. <laughs> if, if you get my trip, <laughs> it's kind of, it's a, it's a yeah, patchwork. Yeah. It's, scrabbled together okay so you the the five of you are are barricaded up into the brig uh and there are two bored looking guards they have a dome-like helmet with a visor like a judge dread uh, type deal uh and so you have one station at either side of you and the camera zooms in on our player characters as they are trapped in this weird patchwork probably rather smelly yeah. brig guarded by two we never imperial it. soldiers <laughs> do you not is this not where you also have some smuggling spots yeah, perhaps here? yeah but the brig is like the first place you would check of course so i mean like that's where you hide your decoy loot right yes yeah, so this is where the decoy loot is okay and your snacks so you are moments away from from truly being discovered by the empire your entire smuggling operation is at stake you're at risk of losing your also most precious cargo. The lady. You know, the lady who has paid you to, to solve this problem, plus her bodyguard, who is surely unhappy about this situation. Yeah. <laughs> your, your first mate, who has gone into I ain't telling a cop's nothing mode, uh, and, <laughs> and Snargle, who has disappeared behind a box somewhere. All right, yeah. <laughs> It's never a good idea to get too involved in what Snargle's doing. Um, I feel like Snargle <laughs> may have turned into a box. <laughs> like a little box troll. Yep. <laughs> I think that's something goblins do. So, so what are you doing? Well, first off, how about you describe what you think your characters look like to each other? I've sent an image to <laughs> to our chat. Um, oh, to which chat? To which chat uh, the rolls, rolls. chat. Um, for those of you who aren't in our oh, chat, chat. Um, I believe that the good captain looks something oh, like my. Siddharth Maholtra, who is a, uh, uh-huh. a Bollywood actor, I believe. Yes. Um, and he's quite handsome. And this image oh, is. Wow. has him in like sort of a dark gray turtleneck with like a scruff. And yeah, he's a good looking man. So, I'm, you know, I'm sure he's got all, he's got my looks. Oh, so I would like to petition, by the way, that the soldiers who are wearing the half helmet with the visor, like that the helmet looks like a periwig. Like it okay, just sure. Has sort of a style. <laughs> I'm, I'm down. <laughs> just how I picture them. All right, cool. Okay, then so, it is. So, so Lady Blackbird. Um, happy to describe her for you. Um, what you should know about Lady Blackbird is that um, she has like cinnamon brown eyes and raven hair and like alabaster skin with a natural beauty mark, just where you would want the beauty mark to be, but. Uh, perhaps the most notable thing about her, because right now she's in disguise, so she's trying to dress down. And yet, what you may notice about Lady Blackbird is that she has the smell of... Now, when I say expensive perfume, I mean perfume that perhaps smells like 
far too much money has gone into the development of this perfume. It manages to smell like cinnamon and vanilla and roses and freesia and uh, honey all at once. And yet it smells really good. It smells <laughs> like the amount of money that was spent developing this masterwork of a perfume could have fed many, many people. Uh, and did not. And did not. <laughs> when she walks by, it wafts towards you, and it is like a symphony of olfactory sensation. Made of space well ambergris. <laughs> but she's in disguise. She is a mere commoner, just traveling from place to place on this ship. Who it's happens like to Buffer. smell like the very concept of romance. <laughs> <laughs> First off, I thought you were just going to cut that description off as the perfume smells like too much money. (laughs) (laughs) So what what is Lady Blackbird's commoner outfit idea? Ooh, okay. What what does she think that the common people wear? Wear, yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, she's she's wearing, uh, she has acquired um, a pair of boots that are serviceable boots, but they're made of like, really nice leather um that also does not look heavily cracked like it doesn't look like they've been worn a lot um but they are the right boots if you're not looking closely if you're not paying attention to details of whether this appears to be a rich person cosplaying (laughs) a normal person (laughs) then you may not notice uh she is uh she is wearing pants because she's traveling uh and she is wearing some sort of a, she's wearing a blouse like you would think that normally she probably would wear a nice button-down jacket. Hi, Matt. A nice button-down jacket uh, over her outfit, um, perhaps adorned with some nice jewelry, uh, things like that. Maybe a beautifully elegant um, cloak that she would wear. But in this case, she's not wearing those things. She's wearing a blouse. And in order to look more common, she has rolled up the lace hemp sleeves. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> she looks at best very upper class. Everything, everything you've described about this woman so far is making it so easy for me to put myself in the mind of this, of this ex-imperial who is crazy in love with her and so fucking angry at her at the same time <laughs> happy to help <laughs> all right just let's yeah, hear, we gotta hear about of we gotta hear about naomi, naomi now okay so yeah. we've established that there's more than just humans so are, are you guys cool if okay. i basically look like if hellboy was an old baking grandma who actually was pit fighting for 20 years so an, an old baking grandma, yeah, just older like, fighter. Yeah, she's that good. She stayed like alive that long. The, They're like, oh, we'll get rid of this going this older lady pretty fast, and she just ended up beating the shit out of all these little, all these little pests that were in her <laughs> in her pit. So like a like a tieflingish look. Yeah, probably like one of the horns is broken off, and she's just covered in scars because she has been through a lot. Uh. Are you are you red? Are you blue? Are you purple? Or more gray, of a, uh, a kunari thing, where you're basically human but I, you're big. With I, <laughs> I was thinking red, just to stick with the Hellboy look, and just okay. like yeah, jaw that you could chisel through iron with. But she makes the most amazing cakes when given the chance. <laughs> oh, so you meant Baker? Yeah, literally. <laughs> she was a baker before she was stolen from the pit fighting. Oh, okay. No, so. So a person of great violence whose whose real love is confections. Yes. And protecting small delicate children that just their their families don't care enough to actually take care of them so she's going to to protect them on their long journeys which is why she got into like so protecting up that... to the to the royalty levels. Okay. So is that is that is is are these wayward children literally everyone yes. on the ship? They're all. Okay, good. <laughs> they're all my grandchildren. <laughs> very good, very good. Okay, so with those climax, with those introductions out of the way, uh, what are you gonna do? Shit is imminent. It's gonna hit the fan. Yep. There's these two guards. God knows what the fuck Snargle is doing. But if you wait long enough, you will find out. Fires <laughs> up uh, up against the, I guess the bars or the front, the front. I will say it's like a force field. 
um okay. kind of like leaning up again like he's got his like arm up and he's leaning up against it and he's trying to think of like okay do we still are these hatches that we use to smuggle the fake cargo under the brig are those big enough for naomi to get through <laughs> like he's already trying to take stock of all the different hatches he has if there's a way for them to just get out of the brig first and foremost. they probably kept me bound if i'm bigger you're I'm big and scary. scary. So yeah, they definitely kept you tied up. You're still yeah, tied up. Yeah, but I'm up. definitely breaking, good. just literally breaking through those bonds. Yeah. Okay, but you you have you yes. have that secret, so you can just yes. Bah! You wanna you wanna give us a sexy description <laughs> of how that happens? <laughs> um, so imagine like idiots, they just use handcuffs, and then, yeah, oh, sure. handcuff. Yeah, they're not yeah, even no, magic. They just had them behind my back, and I was going along to this point because I didn't want to kill too many people again. And so <laughs> while everyone's standing there, I just kind of tense my arms a little bit. You can see the muscles flexing under my coat and I just pop my hands out. I go over to the captain. I'm like, so who do we kill to get out of here? And at that point, the two guards whip around and are like, Oh <laughs> fuck. <laughs> um, I'm also going to decide that I don't think there are any projectile weapons. I think everybody has laser guns like you. Uh, oh, okay. Um, and swords. That is both and swords. Yeah, I love laser yes. guns and swords. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, that is both less aggressively violent and also fun as hell. <laughs> uh, do I have some idea as an ex-imperial? Do I have some idea of how many soldiers are actually on my ship right now? Is it just the two guarding us and the rest are back on the hand? Okay, so there's like fifteen to twenty soldiers on your ship. Like a like a squad came down to stop you, not the whole fucking army. Uh, there's just two people here. Hard to tell what their genders are. They're extras. It's unimportant. Yeah. These two people have whipped around and are starting to raise their weapons. They're, they're standard issue <laughs> I, laser rifles. Cyrus elbows Naomi as hard as he can Ow. in whatever part his elbow actually reaches. Maybe <laughs> her hip. You... <laughs> <laughs> are you uh, Naomi? Are you are you just fucking huge? Are you like eight feet tall? I think just like well, tallish, like maybe six feet, but just still that stocky. You know, I look at the two soldiers. I'm very disappointed in your life choices. Cyrus, Cyrus leans into you and is like is muttering to you now. Like, there's easily a full squad on my ship. You will not cause them to draw their weapons and fire on us at this point. Please just let me think. Will it take long? It'll take longer if they're shooting at us. Fine. Uh, so when you're like, I'm very disappointed in all of you, they like lower the <laughs> for a second. <laughs> which, <laughs> which will buy Cyrus time to do something. All right. Let's see here. Um, this is my brig. This, this is my ship. This is my brig. I know exactly how it works and exactly how it doesn't work. Uh, more mm -hmm. importantly. So um, he's going to pick up a piece of the iron manacle that fell off of her wrist when she just like did her tough flex and the arms or the sleeves fell off uh, and mm -hmm. take this, this piece <laughs> of iron and whack it against the side of the brig where the like the force field generator is like in a very specific mm -hmm. way to get it to short out just long enough for say himself and Naomi to rush out and overpower the two inept guards. Okay. That sounds like your survivor trait. So I'm going to say that that your tough implies is, is applicable here. Cause you're intending to overcome them. Yeah. Um, sounds like run. Cause you're going to rush out at them. Yeah. Uh, endure and intimidate are all valid. I got four successes. Woo. Before they have a chance to lift their rifles and fire, you're able to smash it, and then you and Naomi rush at them and overcome them. So what is it that you two are doing to overcome them? I'm just going to take one hand and just basically grab the closest guard's head and slam it against the wall. Helmets only do so much. <laughs> I'm going to sleeper hold the other guy. Sleep just... Yeah. I don't really... I'm not okay. really keen on shedding blood in front of the lady. <laughs> That's the other thing okay, a helmet so does fine. is it contains everything, mostly. <laughs> so you, you, oh, perhaps when I was doing lines and veils, I should have discussed how oh, violent yeah. we wanted this to be. 
Uh, who, what are people's comfort levels? Because mine is like way up here as far as balance that I'm comfortable with. In fact, I'm often the person making other people uncomfortable. Uh, so don't let me be the judge of this. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm pretty cool with, as long as it doesn't get into like excruciating surgical detail, um, I'll probably be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to floss with anyone's backbone or anything like that. I think that's about... Yeah, please don't. Yeah, no. yeah. That, that's pretty much what the level I was going to aim for. I don't want to get any more than that, really. Okay. Uh, so how about a PG-13 level of... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Star Wars level. Good to everyone. Yeah, Star Wars level. level. Okay. One nip. All right. Sure. <laughs> so you, you like, grab the guy and smack them into the wall. Their, head, their helmet splits open and they drop to the ground unconscious... Probably, probably yeah. not long if, if without medical attention. But mm. but I hate to force people to kill. So yeah, not dead. no, he's, uh, he's not getting yeah. back up while we're in the room. So that's my concern. No, <laughs> no, neither of these two people are getting up while you're still in the room. So pausing you two because you've certainly taken control of the scene, and we'll switch the camera angle over to Lady Blackbird, who has just seen her bodyguard snap out of a pair of manacles like they were rubber bands. Uh, the dashing captain break them all free heroically from this. Force fielded brig. Uh, I'm so handsome. <laughs> rush out to put the guard in a wrestling hold, and then he drops like a sack of potatoes. Is that the phrase? What do peasants eat? Uh, and then, <laughs> what do you do? The two immediate threats have been dispatched with, but there's still a bunch of soldiers on on the ship, and there's still the threat that you know that captain is going to report these things, and it's perhaps not long before they realize that you're here too. Yes, well, that's all well and good. So, in the time when they've been having their breaking of manacles, tense conversation, rubbing elbows or elbow and hip, as it case may be, uh, Lady Blackbird has been, let's say, inadvertently pacing the brig. And when I say inadvertently pacing, I mean that she was not intending to pace, but that she keeps looking for a place to sit down and deciding that they're all sort of filthy. (laughs) Relocating herself. Well, she attempts to also productively think. She's not completely useless. She's just used to a higher standard. Um, (laughs) She has noticed that in the space of time that it took for the guards to look up at them, uh, there was a very brief uh, fracas. And then uh, as quickly as the laser field cell that was containing them opened, the two of them scooted through and then the laser field cell snapped closed again which means that Lady Blackbird, as well as their other two cohorts, are still on the wrong side of it. Oh, whoops. (laughs) She waits just a moment with this perfect poise until the both of them finish dispatching their people, turn around to look at her and says, yes, well, and then spreads her hands in front of her as if to indicate we're still on this (laughs) side. (laughs) Is there a control panel or something on this side? captain <laughs> I mean, she like like does the whole like well and like indicates the field and he kind of like gives her the same sort of mocking like uh and punches in the code on the other side of the brig in in the background uh kale is like <laughs> which is visual for the for our studio audience who did not just see what i did visually i pinched the bridge of my nose in the most annoyed way and then ran my hand through my hair uh, you see, like, a bolt and then a shoe go flying up from behind whatever it was Snargle disappeared into? <laughs> oh. Hey, hey, bud, uh, what's going on back there? There's a, a, a rattling and then silence and then his head pops up for a sec and he is like, looking for a way out, boss. Oh. Alright, alright, listen. Um, how do you feel about us uh, taking this He's little... filthy! How did that happen? <laughs> it's it's snargle. It's always <laughs> it's default. How do you feel about us? Uh, I don't know. Uh, taking this a little deeper. You think we got a? Oh, we I got can dig the... deeper. No, I'm. I mean, uh, you know, we got that new finish put on the hole, right? We got about four hours before the uh, before the acid starts eating away. Um, this world takes place in uh, basically breathable ether surrounding the star. But the lower you get, the denser it becomes, and these breathable gases become a corrosive fog. People need to wear gas masks to breathe, and most airship holes will start to corrode after a single exposure. That's where sky squid live, but also 
the owl can last about four hours down there before it starts to take whole damage. You want to try to get ship to chase us into the acid fog? I would hope they wouldn't chase us, but it seems like the best way... It's your plan to soak them in acid or to get us all killed. I'm not following you. (laughs) My plan is to cover our escape and get away from this big ship. By going into the acid fog. By going into the acid fog, yes. I don't like this plan. (laughs) But you're the boss, so... Well, it's too bad I'm the boss. That's right. He's, he's He's starting to get really huffy that... Circle is undermining him in front. Don't do this in front of the lady. We are not going with a killing plan. <laughs> not us killing, us killing them. Captain, I don't know that I don't like a plan that the pilot doesn't like. I like her. We keep her. Either way, we have to deal with another 20 of these Imperials on my ship. We need to get away. We need to get them off my ship and then get away okay. from the Hand of Sorrow. Okay. I can get them okay. off the ship. I will fly us into acid fog. You get big lady, throw them off ship. I, I will literally throw them off the ship. And then acid takes care of that, right? He's dusted his hands off. Acid takes care of that. Probably. Listen, Snargle cannot fly the ship into the acid fog if ship controls have dick-ass soldier in front of them. So you take care of that problem. I help. Ugh. All right. Well, Captain, it seems we have two rifles now. She's smart. <laughs> Keep her. He just sort of shoots the goblin a dark look. Picks up one of the pistols. Naomi picks up one of the guns and hands it to Lady Blackbird. You'll need this. Thank you. I I prefer my rapier, a more elegant weapon, but I'm not in possession of it currently. So I will use this rifle. Uh, We don't have a map of the owl. I get to decide what the owl looks like on the inside. Yes, you sure do, as you are the captain. I like the idea of it being um, very Firefly-esque. But I like the idea of it having, like, there'll be, like, one main through hallway leading from, like, quarters to bridge to whatever. But then also these, like, narrow causeways and and ladders leading to access chutes and things like that. Not exactly designed person forward, I guess, if that makes sense. (laughs) So I, I turn to the pit fighter. Cyrus turns to the big scary lady and he's like, do you, do you prefer fighting in uh, tight quarters or more open spaces? I'm used to both. So it doesn't bother me. I lady's choice. And he looks at the lady. <sighs> open spaces. I don't like Naomi to get hurt. <laughs> Such a good child. He raises his eyebrows and looks at Naomi. <laughs> My vision of Lady Blackbird is that she's like a blue stocking. And this is perhaps why Naomi likes her. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Before we left the brig, I took a piece of metal that I found on the ground. Just like a metal pipe or something. <laughs> just shrapnel. <laughs> well, I don't I don't have a gun. I'm not I don't think I have the shooting skill or anything like that. I'm not they didn't give me a gun. They'd give me like a piece of wood and then I would, you know, murder someone with it. Uh, alright. Ladies, follow me. Dark dark duster, his wool coat flapping. All right, follow me. He's got three guns. We're going down the main causeway, which is probably where most of the soldiers will be until we get to the bridge where we can actually take navigational control of the ship again. as you are coming up on the, the, the first causeway that you just described you can hear distant voices like a, a man and a woman talking to sort of making idle chatter you have the impression from that that it is an imperial patrol and that they will probably pass through this causeway and keep going which means that perhaps you can either stop them and like knock these guys out or you could wait duck back down and hide and let them pass and then try to get going but you do know that they have patrols stationed through your ship his first instinct as as a, a former soldier and as like a smuggler sneaky guy is to duck into cover. Because at the very okay. least, it'll be more advantageous and advantageous for him to act from cover anyway. So he'll okay. kind of duck into a corner like behind like a ladder and a big piping and like motion for Naomi and, and uh, Lady Blackbird to follow. 
sounded like Jess had a question and I didn't hear it. Oh, um, sorry. Are there any like, yeah, the side rooms or closets or anything like that nearby? Closets oh. we can stuff their bodies in. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a smuggling ship. You, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. The captain has nooks and crannies everywhere, like, like an English muffin. Yes, like an English <laughs> muffin. flying English muffin. <laughs> Delicious. Okay, so is so clearly Cyrus wants to hide. Yes, uh, the captain intends to hide, and he's trying to get the other two to hide with him. Uh, I think I'm going to follow him because I actually have sneak and hide on my ex-slave traits. Okay. So I'm going to wait until they get by us so that I can beam them in the back of the head because it's quieter. So, so the instant that um, the instant that Cyrus began like leading them up the stairwell and, and out the hallway and like doing things, it became evident that like this instantly pleased Lady Blackbird. Once something was happening, she instantly felt reassured that like the sun, God was in his heaven, and like all's right with the earth. Um, <laughs> so now that he's doing things, she seems much more content um, and is and is following along with her rifle, you know, ready to do a shooting um but when when we are all flattening against the wall oh okay she also flattens against the wall cyrus is gonna hide until they're out of sight but he hasn't communicated like let's just hang out here because i heard naomi say she's gonna wait and then bop him in the head (laughs) i'm gonna put the focus on naomi and her attempt to wait and bop them in the head so uh you said you had a trait and some tags that applied so because you can use ex-slave, that's one die. And then you're like sneak applies. So that's two dice. Hide applies. That's two dice. And tough applies. So that's four dice. So you, you're, currently um, looking at, you're currently looking at four dice. Do you want to dip into your personal pool uh, to make this dice pool bigger? Uh, yeah, let me use one more to go for five. Okay, so go up to five? All right, cool. Okay. Uh, two successes. No. No. Okay. All right. So uh, you, I'll give you a choice. You can either knock out one of them, but the other will realize you're there, bolt and raise the alarm. Uh, or you can knock out both of them, uh, but it's real fucking loud and someone's bound to notice. Let's go with the second one. Okay. <laughs> I am not subtle. <laughs> so she waits until they have moved past, they're discussing what kind of cookies they're going to have with tea, and she steps out of the shadows with this giant piece of shrapnel but as she swings and hits them both, it's just right on the point of the helmets where it just gives this loud ring that just starts echoing down the hall. Yeah, one of them yells as you hit them, like, ah! and then drops. Uh, and, like, the bodies, the bodies hit the floor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they drop heavily. Uh, they hit the ground. It's a metal floor. It rings. They drop their rifles. Those clatter. That's it's, There's a rush. It's just it's a... Really Somebody drops a teacup. It's just a mess. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess. It made a lot of noise, but they are knocked out. But you are pretty sure that someone else was alerted. It's not like the whole battalion, but there's more on the now way. Now someone knows you're here for sure. Someone heard that. Whoops. Now is the part where we do the podcast part where we talk about how to play and run games, but we just did an AP. Um, uh, Obviously, this was kind of a session zero where we had to talk about our characters and a little bit about the world and what was going into it. So maybe not as much action, but um, do any of you have a question or two for the game itself or running the game or, you know, design or anything like that? It's more like a session 0.5 because we did play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh I want to know um with a game like this, Monica, um mm-hmm. where there's sort of a, already a structure in place where there's pre-made characters and a pre-made scenario, um do you feel like that helps you come up with, "Oh, okay, here's what we can do next?" or do you feel a little more kind of penned in by by what's already on the page? I because of okay so this is a big this is a question actually with a big answer so i'm glad you asked it uh so like i don't like most canned adventures because one they're badly written and two uh it tells me like what to do and i don't really want to be told what to do uh 
but this is just like here is the plot up until now here's where the game begins here are the characters that are involved take it from there and i think that's fantastic like uh people have been singing the praises of this in our misdirected mark slack and i finally it's just a free pdf that you can go download um and i went out and found it and i read it and i was like why have i never done this before (laughs) um i actually really like having a strong concept for here is the game here is the start point here is what is going to happen here are the people that are involved um and so i actually find that helpful as opposed to restrictive yeah okay uh how do you guys feel about not playing your own characters anybody waiting okay i just (laughs) didn't want to talk over anybody Um, raise your hand if you want to speak or something i don't know uh ray can attest it takes me like a week to come up with a character I have I have a really like I have a lot of fun but it's like I get really hung up on stuff. So sometimes stuff like this is really good for me especially for like one shots or small games because it's it gives me a framework to go off. It gives me something to like I don't feel like well I have to play this one character. It's like well here's a here's an outline that I can flesh out. You know, here's a trellis and I can plant whatever I want below it, you know. To use a plant yeah. metaphor. But yeah, it's I when I first heard about like pre-made characters, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I'm original. I'm going to do my own. But it's actually, I don't know. I think it's a lot easier to break down the door when you're doing stuff with new people or new games. So I, I really enjoy it. Uh, speaking for myself. So I think that one of the things that's interesting about this particular setup of a pre-generated character is that it's sort of a half pre-generated character. They They definitely give you enough to go on in terms of there's just there's a basic framework of a character there you've got a backstory that could lead in a few ways you've got some traits that could come together in a few ways and then you as the player there's some real flexibility here to decide you know how you're going to interpret that um maybe maybe less so with snargle i think there are sort of (laughs) few fewer options to go there but it gives you the opportunity to sort of feel out i'm able to say all right i'm playing lady blackbird and how can I react to the dynamics of the other players to either push her in a more serious direction that um, advances the story in a successful way or in a more um, sometimes interesting direction that can create character conflicts that can sometimes be sort of the meat and potatoes of an adventure like this uh, where the interactions between characters are so pivotal. I like that flexibility of being able to take a concept and sort of seam it in with what the other players are doing and be able to find that balance to where that's going to work. I've I've been like Jess in the past where I've been very resistant to pre-made. like, I can do it on my own. I want to play my (laughs) own guy. But I like how this, this adventure specifically comes up with just the framework. And then you can build your character from there. Like, there's nothing even describing what Cyrus Vance looks like. Um, I'm not even sure it is clear on Cyrus being a man. Like, I could have said, mm-hmm. "Oh, Cyrus is a girl's name in this universe," yeah, I- and just play- or played think- or played someone non-binary. Right. I think Kale's write-up refers to Cyrus as a he. Let's see. Um, but it like it's so open-ended that I don't care. It, like, I feel it like it doesn't. It doesn't use a pronoun, but it does say in a bond of brotherhood. Brotherhood. Which, which could be... Could I be mean, English brotherhood, anyway. you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, that male is gender neutral bullshit, whatever. But on the whole, you could make any of these characters non-binary or the opposite gender if you wanted to. The yeah. Lady Blackbird mm-hmm. might be pretty weird. <laughs> It could so, just be hey, just how Lady titles Blackbird, work. Right, it could be how titles work. Lady Blackbird could be a man whose title is Lady Blackbird. Lady yeah. Blackbird, yeah. Um, yeah. Like on the Dragon. flip side, though, with with pre-maids, I I don't know if this is if this is just me or not. I have a problem with losing track of what my character is capable of because I didn't make the character myself. Mm-hmm. I have to keep relooking over all of his traits and tags, going, "Oh, right, that's on there too," because I didn't make the character, so it's not. I, it's not in my memory to, to readily access it. But I think that is a smaller price to pay for having a really cool concept to jump off of, which a lot of these, basically all of these characters are. It's kind of a shame that Snargle doesn't have more of a social connection to the rest of the crew 
Um, because I think if if Snargle had even a even a simple like was raised as Cyrus's adopted brother or something <laughs> like something as simple as that would would put a dynamic in there as opposed to just uh, Snargle. Snargle seems more connected to the ship than to the other characters, which is which is fine, I guess. It would depend on the on the party, I, I think. But uh, yeah, short answer. I like it. I like having pre-made. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with respect to Snargle, I think that the one thing that is in that profile that compensates for that and gives you a lot of room to work as a player is the key of conscience. Where Snargle apparently just like if anyone's in trouble, like Snargle's like I will help. Like just <laughs> yeah. cannot resist mm-hmm. helping a person in need and I think that that, you know, gives a lot of room for that to be a proactively engaged character. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I didn't remember that Snargle had the key of banter while I was role-playing him. <laughs> while you were making him snappy. Yeah, but I think the GM gets a gets to resolve that key for making all of you laugh. <laughs> um, so what do, how do you guys... I know all of us have played some significantly... I hate the term crunchy. Mechanically heavy games <laughs> than this, like um i believe all of us but rel have played uh D&D. um really you haven't <gasps> Jess hasn't really i just played exalted yeah i've played exalted oh, okay that's worse <laughs> <laughs> okay so all of us have have played mechanically heavy games so how do we feel about playing a game that's really really simple and very story driven I love it. Same. <laughs> I, I've experienced with both science ends of the spectrum, so I don't know if I'm really the target audience for this question. I think in this format, it works because because of the nature of the fact that we're recording the session and we have video. Uh, all of our players are dialed in full time. I think that if you had, if you were sitting at a table with a bunch of people eating popcorn, this would be a challenging format because if you don't have players that are willing to focus. Um, you would have trouble getting them engaged with story. Right. I, I do think that you've got a point there where mm-hmm. like, if you're going to play this face to face, you have to play with people who want to pay attention the whole time uh, and don't want to check out between their turns, you know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, there, you, you don't want to have people like, it's not a game where there's going to be combat turns and people will like surf their Twitter feed or stack dice or whatever, <laughs> which is fine. Like I understand that in, in, in a, in a game where that happens, where there's long combat turns, where things can take a really long time. Like, listen, I don't, I don't care if you're checking Facebook or whatever, just be ready when it's your turn. Um, but yeah, like a game like this, you have to be tuned in. And like, I think if maybe if I was running this face to face, I might actually ask people to put their phones away, which is something I rarely ever do, but it's a game that you want to be tuned into. It's in service of the story. Yeah. 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 So, uh, sorry, Jess, I did you dirty. You failed, and I'm supposed to escalate the situation and give you another die. Oh, okay. And oh, like, and let her try again. Oh, try. yeah. yeah. Uh, so well, I, when I'll the next, it, I'll do it. When the next, next yeah, patrol comes in response, would that count as a retry? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah see, it was, it was all good. Okay. Yeah, I just reread it because I was like, this doesn't have a like partial success mechanic. What happens if you fail? Oh, if you don't pass, you don't yet achieve your goal, which kind of says partial success to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you get to keep the pool dice you rolled and add another die to your pool. And then I'm supposed to escalate the situation and you might be able to try again. Until eventually you fail to the point that a GM goes, I have to give you a condition. Right. (laughs) Or I could say you're like, angry. Where are all these soldiers coming right. from? Well, you could also hit, you could also hit something that narratively can't be tried again. Yeah, like yeah. if you're trying to you know repair something and you break it irreparably or something like that. Like if you have something that's super fragile and it's broken, mm-hmm. well, it can't be tried again. Or yeah, yeah, something like that. Situation based. Point. Right. Any closing remarks? How did you guys enjoy playing the first game? I enjoyed it. Actually, a thing I really liked was the fact that we ended up having this 0.5 session. I thought that, you know, we had character building and then we had sort of a half a session, which gives us the opportunity to test out these characters without getting too far into the story. So that if we were in a situation where we needed to make some adjustments, if we felt like something maybe wasn't quite hitting the stride, it gives you that point of you've tried it out a little bit and you can think about whether you want to adjust. So I kind of liked the way that worked out. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to 
playing more. I think we have a really interesting dynamic with our trio here. Yeah. Agree. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. Also, I find three players to be really, really manageable. Like, yes. Once you get four is good. Once you start getting to five, then I like ignore somebody unintentionally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think all GMs do, really. Like, there's only so much attention to go around. And I think three is like, yeah, really perfect, especially for a game like this. Thanks for playing, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks Let's for hosting. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Lando has decided to show up for the ending. All right, everybody get out, except for that adorable dog. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. This episode, we played Lady Blackbird, facilitated by Monica and starring Jess as Naomi Bishop, Ray as Captain Cyrus Vance, and Relia as Natasha Siri, the Lady Blackbird. Our theme song is Dark Violet Sky Instrumental by Ausenzeite and is used under the attribution non-commercial Creative Commons license. Our logo is by Nino Studios. This has been Bonus Experience Presents, an actual play made possible by the generous patronage of listeners like you. Wink!